Welcome to another episode of A Beer with Atlas. I'm Rich. I'm Brian. And we are uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna in the in the uh, why am I struggling with this in, in the in in uh, with St. Patrick's Day coming up? No, St. Patrick's Day has already passed. Let's start over. <laughs> I can't reopen the bottle, but Man. okay. Okay. Yes. That was horrible. holy smokes. You <laughs> had a stroke over there. You would think I started drinking already. I th- was wondering. Go ahead, don't say it. What do you want to talk? I was say? gonna say usually you drink on the podcast, not before. I, oh man. Pre-game. Pre-game. I don't. Want, I don't want to start over. Screw it. We're going with this. All right, roll it. So with St. Patrick's Day already passed us, we should. Uh, we thought we should try a couple of Irish beers. Yep. And so Brian has uh, has brought four different Irish beers. Yes. And uh, I found some Guinness-infused cheddar cheese at the store. I thought we'd try some of that as well. Man, this is getting so fancy. It is super fancy. I unfortunately didn't have the budget to go to Ireland to get these beers, so mm. I did go to the Papillion Hy-Vee mm. and uh, did a little uh, off-the-shelf shopping. So I did a mixed six-pack, kept two for myself, and I brought four other different Irish styles today, so that's what we're gonna do. I would say there's nothing Irish about the Papillion High V, but you never know. I don't know. It was decorated kind of nice. Okay, well there you go. Happy St. Patrick's Day. You too. Uh, all right, so what's the first one we're going to drink here? Well, I'm gonna open up. I have one open already, and it's. Well, we were kind of talking off mic before. Mm-hmm. Um, this is gonna be kind of a macro, to the super macro episode for us. Awesome. Um, so this first one, everyone's had this beer, I would think. Okay. George Killian's Irish Red. Okay, so I go way back with this beer. Right. Way, way back. This is... So my college roommate, and I don't expect that he listens to this because he has nothing to do with healthcare, lives lives in Kansas City, works uh, part-time. Like, he'll drop off the grid for a while, works over overseas on drones. Oh, like, wow. Like in, and he'll, like, disappear for three months at yeah. a time. Can't say where he's going because it's, it's top secret or whatever. I'm not making this up at all. His name is Brian Schmidt. Uh, Brian was was in the army for three years in Germany, right out of high school, and uh, came back and went to college as I was going to college, and was my roommate. Looked like Chewbacca. He was probably six four, long hair, wore the uh, the birth control glasses, the ones they the issue. The BCs, they yeah, call them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And uh, man, that, that they worked too, by the way. <sighs> yep, that boy could drink. Man, he could drink. And this was one of his favorites. Killian's Irish Red was one of his favorites. So we'll drink this one in a little. For Bryce, memory here, yeah, huh? Right. Where he's ever he's at, working on drones. Wherever he's, yeah. So. Cheers to you. All right. Hmm. That's exactly how I remember it. Yep. Well, you know who makes this? No. Miller Coors. Really? Yes. Okay. So we're macro. Yeah. But that's the thing with these beers. You're going to find out there's not a whole lot of micro brews okay. places making these quarters of things. Okay. So this one... I did a little research on the brand itself. The original recipe is from Ireland, so we've got that going for us. Okay. And it was brewed in 1864. Okay. The uh, place it was from was called Let's Brewery, and that was in Enniscothy, Ireland. Let's, L-E-T-Z? L-E-T-T-S. Close enough. Yeah, very similar. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was originally called Enniscothy Ruby Ale. When it was first brewed, and it was by some dude that just brewed it at his house. Okay. And it was good. So we started a little brewery, and they ran it for mm, about 75 years. Wow. And then, whether or not they were going out of business, or he wanted to sell it, or something like that, um, Heineken bought 
the name and the recipe. Yuck. For from for France and Europe. Okay. And they continue to make a beer that has this recipe and it's available in Europe. And then in the eighties, Miller Coors said, Hey, we kinda we kinda went in on that game. So they bought the rights to make the same beer, the okay. same recipe. They have this name on it. Okay. This is the name of the guy that founded that original original brewery. So the original brewery was founded by George Killian. Yeah. Okay. And then they had one of those um, families where they named George, you know, the second, the third, the fourth, that sure, sort of deal. Sure. So the last one in the line, I think, was the fourth, and he was kind of rubber stamped the deal hmm. in, the, in the 80s. Was he? I, I assume that family's still getting royalties off. This, I would right? assume they're getting something. Yeah. Something. So this is a uh, widely available. Anybody can get this yep. in the United States, mm-hmm. which is kind of why I picked it. I didn't want to go uh, too microscopic for this big mm-hmm. beer drinking, you know, holiday. So right, anybody could find this out there. It's kind of got a biscuity sort of flavor to it. I think it's kind of sweet. There's some sweetness to it, yeah. Yeah, um, not unlike the one we had from Memphis, that red. Correct. So it's kind of like that. And it's just an easy drinker. Five, this is um, 5.4%. Okay. With, I think it's had like uh, maybe 25 IBU. Yeah, it's not bitter so at all. No, nothing like that. So for someone who has has never had an Irish red before, like this would be a very good one to start with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. It definitely has a sweetness to it, mm-hmm. so it's. I wouldn't want to drink a lot of them. No, but a big icy mug of it would be pretty mm, good. Yeah, I'd go with that. That's true. Our nice little, the little taster here will do just fine. That's well, uh, if we got a couple others to go through, but you're absolutely right. With some corned beef or something like that, mm-hmm. that would be that'd be pretty fantastic. Yeah. Or some kraut, mm, sauerkraut mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. your non-kraut eaters. Yep. Are you a fan of the sauerkraut? Uh, I am a fan. My stomach is not a fan. How's that? I mean, is it so bad that you can't deal with it? I just have to stay home. Okay. Yeah. So your family's not a fan of the sauerkraut? Yeah. I usually have to stay in the basement. Okay. Yeah. So but I would still eat it, though. I yeah. still enjoy it. I mean, it's not so bad that you won't eat it. Right, right. Well, I just have to let's... sequester yourself. Absolutely. All right. Well, I have a feeling I'm not alone on that. I think probably other people not. are like that, too. So you're not one of, you wouldn't be putting it on your hot dog at the Cubs game? No. No, that'd be bad. Not in public. I'd miss multiple innings, possibly. <laughs> Need not... a pinch hitter here. Yeah. <laughs> Quick. Mm-hmm. So. Not a good idea. I'm going to. Work on this one now. Okay. Um, this is, for the listener who's not seeing this, because mm-hmm. they can't see anything we're doing, uh, this is a Guinness. Yes. And it's spelled D-R-U-G-H-T. Pronounced draft. But it's just the, this is the English spelling of the drought. word. Drought. So I'm going to open this and see what happens. Ugh. Okay. But, Whoa. Did you hear that? Holy mackerel. So uh, here's the thing. I used to watch... Um, what was the show with John Taffer? Um, the show with John Taffer. Help me out, somebody. Uh, the Bar Rescue. Bar Rescue. There we go. And they did an Irish pub one time, and they sent their uh, bartenders to Ireland to, and they do this at the Guinness Brewery. They teach you how to pour a Guinness. Like For there's sure. a there is a a method. Like, there's a whole day's worth of class on how to pour a Guinness, which is... You'd have to be certified, I think, yeah, to be an actual traditional Irish pub or whatever. 
Now, Guinness does one of these things where, like, the bubbles cascade down as you as you pour it. It's fun to watch. I don't understand the science behind it. <sighs> Luckily for you, I went into it a little bit today on my research. I knew you would. But not too much because I'm, I'm not smart uh, in the science ways. Okay. So I'm going to keep it d- dumbed down because I was in dumb kids chemistry in high school mm. and stuff. I was in the delinquent class. I just want to understand why the bubbles move down. Well... You want to get right into it? Let's get right into it. Sure, why not? All right, so this can, and we'll see it more when we finish the beer, has a piece of plastic in it. It's a round ball. What? And in the ball, there's a hole. And what they do is they, when they fill this up at the, in the brewery, in the canning line, mm-hmm. they shoot a little shot of nitrous in there, nitrous oxide. Okay. Into that little round plastic thing that floats up to the top. Okay. And then they seal the can, right? Okay. So that's got nitrogen. Okay. If you're drinking this, usually in the tap, you're going to see it. It's called on nitro. That might be the shorthand you'll see it as. But yep. it's nitrogen oxide, basically. Okay. That is, um, let's put it in lay terms because that's the only way I understand it. It doesn't evaporate or it doesn't dissolve very well like carbon dioxide does in liquid. Nitrogen is heavier, correct? I think, I think so. It okay. makes smaller bubbles. I yes. understand that. Yes. And unlike this one, see, we poured that, and there's no bubbles or head or anything left at all. Nope. This one is still standing there, and that's on design. They spent, I think I've heard something, maybe $15 million trying to figure out a way to do this um, for bottles. They used to make Guinness in a bottle, and they had a similar contraption. Okay. Basically, when you open it up and air gets to that, and when you're pushing down on the can lid... It activates that nitrogen in that little canister that's in your can. Okay. And then it, when you start pouring the beer, you usually want to pour it hard. Any other kind of beer, you want to, you know, kind of go slowly and right. softly. Right. Nitro beers, you want to just, just shake them almost. Like, just pour it in there, and it just agitates that hmm. and activates it so that it gets that creamy. Because that's what you're looking for is a creamy consistency, um, almost... Like a milkshake. Yeah, it looks like it looks like you've got a little like ice cream milkshake thing on the top there. Yeah, and that's and that's why, and that's on design. So when this beer was first made, um, seventeen, let's see here, fifty nine. That's the first time this beer was Jeez. created. Okay. There's no refrigeration. There's none of that nope. sort of stuff. There's no taps that they're using. So they're using casks. So basically, just wooden barrels mm-hmm. that they can change the gravity of and pour beer out of right okay so to achieve this sort of um situation and taste profile because this is the way you're supposed to have it kind of like you were talking about they were trained they would train you for a day current on a current way to do it Mm -hmm. um back then they had almost i would say um it was like a month's worth of time to show you how to do this okay because it was like more than just science. So they had two different systems of beer. They had a, um, a cask up top, and then they had a cask down low. And they would pour about three-fourths of the beer, the pint, into the glass from the bottom one. Okay. And then the top one, they'd rip it open and hard pour to get the foam. Okay. So that was like a foam-only mm. cask of beer. Interesting. So you had to have the timing of the pull and the pour right, you yep. had to have the amount correct. Um, you had to let it kind of settle down. And what I found out in my research was it would take, it was supposed to take you a full minute to pour up 
a pint. Wow. So it was like definitely by hand, artisanal for sure, sure. and that was the way they did it. All the way until the 50s, 1950s. Okay. And then they decided that they wanted to try to figure out a way to do this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And that's that's why we have it this way now. So it seems to me like whoever, who created, who invented Guinness? Like who, is there one dude that came there up with it? There was a guy, and um, I can't remember what his name is. I didn't write that down, but. Jerry Guinness. Jerry Guinness, we'll call him. Jerry Mick Guinness. Sure. What the Irish why part. You got you to gotta Irish it up there for him. Even there. extra. Um, but it was... Let's see here. 759, it started. Mm-hmm. By 1769, they were already exporting beer to England. So in 10 years, mm-hmm. they're making enough to send it to there. Mm-hmm. Um, in 1866, I found out they became a public company. So they had shares and stocks. Okay. And the day they went on sale, it was 60 cents a share, which seems like probably a pretty good amount yeah. back then. Back then, it seems like, yeah, that's pretty expensive. In 1914, they were double the size of their closest competitor, which is Bass. Mm-hmm. Um, in 1930s, they were the seventh biggest company in the entire world. Wow. So when we were talking about where's, where's you know, who's more mm-hmm. um, visible in the world right now, is mm-hmm. it Guinness or Budweiser? It would be Guinness worldwide. Worldwide. And here's some interesting stuff uh, I found. Before 1939, if you worked at Guinness and you wanted to get married to a Catholic... You had to quit. You could not work there. They were like, no, that's not happening. What? All the way until the 1960s, they wouldn't hire a Catholic person to work there. And then that's now changed in the last 50 years. But, Hmm. uh, and then we'll see here. They poured porters in their tap rooms all the way up until the 1970s. And then they stopped making porter totally as a style. Interesting. And then they just started them up again in 2014. I wonder why. I don't know. Well, it's because they started expanding lines here in America to to try to get to that American craft beer market. Understood. So they're making all those different beers and styles here. Like Mm -hmm. I think we talked about that earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, The Blonde. They make two porters. They make um, an IPA I've even seen. It's on nitro. It's in a can just like that. Which I've tried, and it's interesting. It's an interesting take on, on an IPA. How's that? It, it, it's definitely, it, it almost seems like what they think an IPA should be. And by they, I mean somebody not from a, Not an American not style. Not an yeah. American right. or have brewed in America, which is totally fine. It was a, in, in, it's an interesting take. Having an IPA on Nitro is weird. Yeah. But I think it's interesting because like as we're spoiled here in the United States for mm-hmm. craft beer and IPA particularly, but... Most of them weren't here since the 1980s, right? Like, that's when the right. craft beer boom started. Right. They've been making beer, pale ales over there, India pale ales, for 300 years almost. Yeah, for a long time. So that's that's who made these beers, which is, it's hard to kind of think, wrap your mind around, there's a place that's been making these beers longer than we've been a country. So, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't, <coughs> I, I have not been a fan of Guinness. Yeah, me neither. How's that? I don't, but I don't know if it's the style or what, but as my palate has changed... I'm open to trying it again. It, well, what do you think right now? I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a I'm gonna All give right. it a whirl right now and see. It still just has that like little creamy thing on the top there. I like it. I, I like that a lot. This I is why cool. I brought in the extra glassware today because I thought mm. we don't want to be mixing too many styles in with that. So I thought ahead on this one. Oh no, man. Okay. That's so here's here's my take on this. Okay. If I had never had an actual stout that we would call a stout here or a pastry stout or something. Mm-hmm. With some more body, um, this is passable for a stout, right? 
Yeah. It's five, is it 5%? I think it's 4%. That's the alcohol on this one. It just, to me, it just tastes like, oh, there should be actual, where's the flavor? Maybe that's what I'm missing. It tastes roasty and yes. kind of almost um, chocolatey or smoked. Mm-hmm. But that's just from the from the malt that they're using. But if you look at the bottom of this thing, it just looks like a diluted, what we would call a stout maybe, or a brown. Mm-hmm. It's To me, it's closer to a brown than a stout. So I brought in some Guinness-infused cheese, which basically, basically looks like cheese with, like, weird spider webbing Guinness in it. Guinness veins in it. Guinness veins. So I'm going to give this a... So I tried the Guinness here. I'm going to give the cheese a shot. I cut you a little chunk there. So. Yeah, thank you. Well, um... We'll see how the cheese is. Hmm. Now, I really don't get any of the Guinness in the cheese at all. Me neither. No. But it's good cheese. It's good cheese. It's like it's like aged cheddar mm-hmm. or whatever. I think it's more just a gimmick for the, you know, for grocery stores and stuff like that to to sell to more sell cheese. cheese. St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, absolutely. It Which worked, is, didn't hey, it? It worked for me. Six bucks for that little tiny wedge that I bought right there. Even my wife was like, what are you doing? What's, well, we're talking about Guinness, so mm-hmm. we need to uh, eat some Guinness cheese. It pairs pretty good with the beer, though. Did you uh-huh. try that? No. Not bad, not bad. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how I'm feeling about that one. Just like, meh. I mean, I know, yep. like, there's people that collect Guinness yes. stuff, right? Like collectibles. Like, like Coca-Cola collectors. Yes. Like Guinness level. And there's, I have a friend that is in Lincoln, and this is like his favorite all-time beer, and he's he's super Irish, which I think is probably okay. one of the reasons yeah, that he right. loves it. Yeah. Because uh, he maybe has to. Um, but, I mean, for me, I'm not picking this. I don't go to the place, and maybe once a year would I ever get mm-hmm. a pint of this in a bar? I don't need, well. It also goes against, for me, I like things cold to drink. Right. And usually on a cask, or if you're getting this over there, it's not cold. It's, it's not cold. room temperature, which mm-hmm. is freaky to me. Which I don't is like super it that weird. Way. Yeah, yeah. So my wife's cousin spent some time. Uh, he a couple of years back, he went over and just kind of drove through Ireland with some friends or whatever. And they would, they just pick a town and they would stop. And if it was a cool town, and they would hang out at the pub and drink, they would just stay there. Like they rented a car and they just drove through the countryside, which I think sounds amazing. I've heard it's a beautiful country. I'd yeah. like to go someday. But that's it. He's like, the weirdest part was, like, all the beers there are warm. Like, yeah. it was super weird. It was hard to get used to. And when I was in Europe, that was the same way. Like, you couldn't even get water with ice. Like, they were like, mm-hmm. what? No, we don't have that. That was like when we were in Russia. Like, there was, uh, you couldn't get ice. Like, it just wasn't a thing. They would look at you weird. That when they would, you'd, they'd pour you a pop, and it was. Isn't Russia just mostly ice? Yeah, you would think so. I would think they could have Even when we were in Siberia, okay? That's known as a place that's cold. No ice. Super weird. That's, that is weird. And I may or may not have eaten horse while I was there. Not 100% oh, sure. Hmm. I couldn't read Russian, and it was it was meat. It was stroganoff. And you were hungry. And I was hungry, and it was good. I may yeah. have ate it three times. I don't know. Who knows? Not sure. <laughs> to me, it'll be beef. In the back of my head... it's. It's tall and lanky beef. It was it was a little stringier than oh, beef gosh. should have been, oh, but boy. it was it was yummy and we ate there often. So mm. yeah, so there well, you go. Hey, when in Rome, I guess. Okay, so I here's the other thing I have for this real quick. Um, this style of beer is on purpose different than English style stout. This is a dry stout, okay. and that's on purpose. They wanted to be different than that sort of stuff. So okay. this is on purpose because England. 
was making milk stouts and sweet stouts and adding stuff to it, kind of like we do here. Mm-hmm. And they were like, no, we're our own thing, and this is what we're going to do. So that's that's the reason that it is this way is on purpose, and it's been this way for 200-something years. For years. Yeah. So I did a little bit of research um, and just and found out. It was super weird because the Wikipedia page does not list this at all. I was confused when you would just Google um, Guinness Brewery. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that came up was Baltimore, Maryland. I thought, well, that's weird. I know they're in Dublin. This is not, or whatever. Turns out the, bless you. Thank you. There we go. Turns out Guinness just opened their first American brewery in Baltimore last August, August of 2018. So it's not even a year old yet. That's pretty crazy that. 1759 is the founded date, and mm-hmm. they just now are here. Opened here in the yeah. States. But what I also found out was they are not making this beer here. They, they only make it there, right? They only make it there. Yeah. Only there. Like, And that was they were very clear about that, that they're making the American-style Guinness beers there, mm-hmm. whereas this, the dry stout, is only made there in Dublin. They made it... In the 80s, they sold or they bought a company in England, uh, another brewery and distillery, mm-hmm. and they were making this beer in, in London for a while. Uh, but then until the night, and then the 90s, they quit, and now they only make it again in hmm. Ireland. So interesting. So, the little bit that I know here, the location in Dublin, it's called the Guinness Storehouse. It's open seven days a week, 9 30 a.m. to 7 p.m. The last admission is five o'clock. There are so many. That was not a good face you made there. It was just a lot of, that was a lot of work. A lot of work. Yeah. There, and even with my opinion about Guinness, if I was, if I ever found myself in Dublin, I would go here. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you have to get it at the source, right? Right. I mean, maybe it's life changing. Maybe it's different. Yeah. So they're open late July and August. I guess that's their summer ish months there in, in Ireland. Now, the Baltimore location is interesting. And, and that, Wait, it's open at 9.30 in the morning? 9.30 in the morning. In Ireland? Well, okay. Duh. Well, yes. Come on. It's, All right. It's, I thought you were talking about the Maryland one for a second there, and no. I was like, oh, that's pretty early. Maybe they have a no. brunch. No, it's it's definitely more... The 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 American version, the Baltimore version, mm-hmm. is actually in Halethorpe, Halethorpe, Maryland, which is just outside of Baltimore. Okay. Um, Guinness Stout is not brewed here, but you can you can get it. They have yeah. it there. Um 5001 Washington Boulevard, Halethorpe, Maryland, just outside of Baltimore. Brewery and taproom hours, 3 to 9, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, 3 to 10, Thursday, noon to 10, Friday, 11 to 10, Saturday, 11 to 10, I'm sorry, 11 to 9 on Sunday. So very Americanized hours. Yeah, for sure. So maybe if you're Irish, they let you in early. I don't don't know. I, I doubt that somehow. So... So oh. here, here's a little bit more um, history on this from the guy that created the nitro portion of this. Okay. Um, his name was Michael Nash, mm-hmm. and he was a mathematician. He was a professor. And in 1951, Guinness hired a whole bunch of people that had nothing to do with beer making, and they wanted to innovate. Okay. That was the whole reason. So they hired scientists and this guy. What year was this? 1951. Okay. And um, they spent years working on basically the nitro process and how this thing works. And for him to start working there, they had to train on every job in the brewery, in the brew house. Okay. And they trained on those for like, let's see, I think it said a month to two months, depending on what the job was. Mm -hmm. 
So they, they cleaned stuff. They scraped out things. They made, you know, whatever you could do in a brewery, sure. this guy had to do, the math teacher. Right. And then he came up with a way to do this and also came up with the, what they call the widget, which is in the can. Mm-hmm. And they got a... Um, wait, wait, wait. They actually call it the widget? Yeah, they call it a widget. That's fantastic. Which is something like, you know, what do you do? Oh, make widgets. Make widgets. Well, you can actually make widgets for this beer. Awesome. Um, and ever since 1969, they've had a patent on this device and that Guinness can. patented the widget it sounds like oh, if you can hear it here you can but hear it kind of flopping it's around. like a spray paint can kind of sound mm-hmm. it has that ball in there so when when the beer's totally gone you'll be able to see it but can we cut it open and look at it after it's that's what somebody did online that's how I watched a little video of it interesting so that's what I know so the guy that came up with that was a mathematician hired by Guinness to innovate and he done did it wow so that's what that's what I know about Guinness mm. okay well there you go I guess I've known some people over the years that have sworn by it, that just mm-hmm. when you go to a place, that's, they order a Guinness. Doesn't matter what else they have, they, that's what they order. So. Well, I, I think uh, it's very consistent, you know, like yep. it has not changed in 300 mm-hmm. years-ish almost, so I mean, you know what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to get into my little uh, lunch bag here. What's the mystery machine have for us next? Well, As we go down the Irish, the you- Irish beer... What was the road. one you told me that was your favorite? My favorite? Yeah. What was my favorite? The, what was it? Oh, uh, Smittix. Yeah. I purposefully didn't bring that. Bastard. Uh, so, so I got Murphy's. Oh, no. I've had this, and it, I didn't like And I got this one. I got a Boulevard Irish oh, Ale. So yay. we're going we're gonna to do a little, uh, the closest thing I could find. So mm-hmm. this is the smallest brewery, even though it's still a huge brewery in the mm-hmm. United States. This is the smallest one that we're going to drink today. I actually made a comment to a friend of mine as we were leaving a bar on Friday. I pointed to the sign and said, I want to try this, but I'm not buying a six-pack of it. Oh, okay. So there you go. So I will open this one, the Boulevard one. Okay. We'll let this one just warm up a little bit to get, you know, Mm -hmm. that cork temperature, because that's where it's from, Cork Island. Does uh, the cork temperature? You drink it warm, man. Gosh. Trying to warm it up. All right. So Murphy's is is a close like cousin to Guinness here. Is this what we're talking about? Yeah, I mean it's the same. It's a dry stout um, from Ireland. It's been around since. I mean it's a newbie. It's only been around since the 1850s. So okay, well, but it's a cork. It's a cork staple. That's where it's from. I was on their website today, and they have their own app, and it's called like. Uh, Corky Fun or something like that, <laughs> and you're supposed to like. <laughs> Hashtag that your thing, drinking your Murphy Stout, and they have like a whole Instagram page and mm. stuff. So, and it's Cork. That's the yeah, name C- of the- C O R K is the town in Ireland. Mm. Okay, well there you go. So I thought I would. I, would, I didn't want to bring your favorite. I wanted to bring something. I do. I do enjoy Smittix a lot. So that's that's. But I mean, it, George Killian's is is pretty close to that though. It, that's yeah. a, It's a nice substitute for that. I, th- I just knew that one was something that everybody could get. Yep. Okay, so the Boulevard one. Mm-hmm. This is the longest running um, seasonal that Boulevard has done. So I, would, I would never have guessed that. 1990 it started. I think Boulevard started in 89 or somewhere in there. Something like that, yeah. So this is one of the originals, and it's still happening. comes out every year hmm. uh, in January, and it comes from January through March. So okay. this is the only time of the year you can buy this beer. Oh, interesting. So it's actually almost over. So if, if this is something you really like today, mm-hmm. then you better, better go get it. I better go get some. It'll be gone soon. Okay. This is the highest alcohol beer of anything we're drinking today. Okay. A whopping 5.8. Woo! 
Yeah, so hold on to your, your shoes. Oh, wow. Uh, 30 IBUs. Uh, this has six different kinds of pale and roasted malt. So it's going to be a roasted smell, mm-hmm. um, like uh, biscuits, uh, bready, that sort of thing. There's a sweet smell to it. Sweet. I mean, it should. it's technically the same style as this Killian's one, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Without having had this in years, and not definitely not since I've had that one, I'm going to guess this one's better. That's so much better. I do love Boulevard, though. Like, Boulevard. They're one of those breweries I think people take for granted. Absolutely. I mean, when you go to, you want a Boulevard wheat or Mm -hmm. whatever, like, it's always there. They're always super solid. Consistent. And it's just like people forget about it. Mm -hmm. Similar to Sam Adams, but this is our regional Sam Adams. That's that's absolutely true. (coughs) Excuse me. Okay, I would buy a six-pack of this. So they say this thing pairs really well with French onion soup. Shepherd's pie, which I think is a mm. European Irish sort of dish, which mm-hmm. I like. Barbecue chicken pizza and aged cheddar. So we might want to try some more oh, with the little Guinness cheese. With this, yeah. Okay, let's we'll uh, let's cut cross contaminate. Absolutely. With my plastic knife, that because uh, we have fancy utensils at Atlas. Yeah, we have a real knife. I saw it once. Nah, I don't think so. It's probably still in the sink where I saw it. Yeah, that's probably true. Right. Dolan, what do you think? Awful quiet on the mic today. Yeah, he doesn't have a whole lot to say. I'm just wondering. I'm just wondering why you aren't eating the chocolate on the outside of the cheese. Okay, well, it's not chocolate. It's uh, it's wax. Oh, it's wax. <laughs> okay. There's a good reason for that. It ain't <laughs> it, chocolate. It, it looks like chocolate. <laughs> we'll give you a piece. Yeah, you should try it. So yeah, um, I like that beer quite a bit. Oh, it's so good with cheese. Oh, is it with cheese? Absolutely. Okay, I'll we'll give it a shot. So, I think we talked about this a little bit. I was going to eat with cheese in my mouth. Mm, people love that. Mm-hmm. When you listen to that, I love it too. Mm-hmm. We just lost. You hear all that clicking sound? That's people clicking mm. off the podcast. They're not listening. There goes anymore. the six clicks. Mm-hmm. Only two people are listening now, and one of them is you. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um, so when I was at the Boulevard Brewery last summer, when the Cubs played the Royals. And we went down and, and watched the Royals just annihilate the Cubs, unfortunately, that day. Oh, thanks for adding that part. Yeah, there you I go. I thought you were going to no. skim over it. Gosh, it was like 11-2. to 2. It was terrible. It was just a... just We just got rocked. <laughs> but we had a really good time, and we went to Boulevard first, which was pretty fantastic. Yeah. They have food there, and one of their one of the offerings that they have is they make... I don't know if they make their own cheese, but they have a very good meat and cheese tray, hmm. which was great i think they do make their own cheese because i know that they have a cheese that has like tank seven mm-hmm. in it mm-hmm. i think they do do that now or they contract out with a, a farm yeah down in that area or something like that but it was and they, and they made like there's like bavarian pretzels with cheese like the oh, yeah. dipping cheese and stuff i didn't have to eat at the game we ate so much at boulevard but did you still eat at the game well yeah yeah, yeah. yes yes you have to get the snacks yeah and the best part was Excuse me, a say burp cheese. Oh, yum! That's gross. The other two that are left are now turned off. It's a good thing you're sitting that far away. That's from me. me. I'll, 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 I'll know this you're is coming. Clicking out at that point. All right. Um. So the guy at Boulevard, which this was pretty fantastic. We told him because we're wearing Cubs gear, and there were a ton of us there, along with Royals fans. I mean, there was it was a it's a pretty big tap room. Um. He said, "Okay, here's the thing. Like, where do you get good beers at Kauffman Stadium?" And he said, "Okay, the, you can you can get Boulevard pretty much anywhere, but if you want, like." craft beer like like local stuff you have to go all the way down the left field line and kind of curve around and there's mm. one stand that just does craft and that's it so past the royals hall of fame uh, other side you're on right field left field 
Yeah, I'm on left field. You're talking right field. Oh yeah, yeah. Past the past the Hall of Fame. Okay. Yes, you're right. Right like left field corner. Hmm. And there's one stand and that's it. And you can get like like super obscure Kansas City beers, mm. not Boulevard, other stuff there too. So, so I need to get tickets for that section of the stadium. You absolutely yes, because we, we walked down there. We thought, yeah, hey, we'll give it a shot. And sure we walked down there, and there were some good, there's some good choices. And then I ended up drinking a Boulevard wheat later because it was there. Well, and you have, you're the they have the Boulevard party deck or whatever it's called, yeah. something like that. They are. This is awesome being a Missouri-based brewery that they're the official beer of the Kansas City Royals. Every year they make a Royals beer. Mm-hmm. And last year it was for Salvi, our catcher. Yep. And that was a Mexican style lager, and that was really good. Oh, was it good? Yeah, it was really good. Mm. Uh, he uh, will not be, well, he might be able to drink more of those this year because he's yeah. on the DL for the entire season. He's got to have some surgery. Tommy John. Arguably one of the best catchers in baseball. For sure. He's won like four of the last five years, gold glove, mm-hmm. silver slugger as a catcher. Yep. He's the only guy on our team that can hit a home run. We're talking baseball, not beer. Sorry, guys. Met that dude uh, last year here. Yeah, we'll get off of baseball here in a second. Met that dude in camp. In, from, he was doing his rehab assignment here in Omaha last year. Yeah. And uh, we got, because I know some of the guys at the Storm Chasers, I may or may not have got some access to mm. him early before the game. Right. And uh, went and met him along with a handful of other people that had some access to and uh, there was a couple there that had two kids, and they had Down syndrome. And these kids were wearing Salvi jerseys. Mm-hmm. Like, they were all about it, man. They were so excited. And they, they go to a ton of games. And as much as, like, I was there with my son, and he signed a baseball or whatever, mm-hmm. he spent so much time with those kids. It was awesome. So it's one of those stories, because you always hear about him. Mm-hmm. And you see, as a Royals fan, I watch him a lot. He's always like gregarious and just loving life. He always mm-hmm. looks so happy and yep. always spends time with people, signs autographs. So that's mm-hmm. good to hear that that seems to be the case. Every bit of that and more. Like he was just like, hey guys, whatever, signed our stuff, talked to us for a minute and instantly turned to those two, took tons of pictures, talked awesome. to them. It was great. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Salvi fan. Yep. I am too. I'm not even much of a Royals fan and I, and I dig that guy, so... I'm a fan of this Boulevard Irish. I am too. I could drink a lot of those. So well, if, you can, if you can get some Boulevard... Yeah, do it because it's almost gone. Mm-hmm. By the time you hear this, there might be maybe mm-hmm. one more week left. All right, now this, what in the heck? So that this is the last one. This, this is, is the Murphy's, Murphy's Stout. Gosh, does that mean I got to finish this Boulevard? You, you can save the Boulevard. You just got to drink the other one. Okay, the Guinness. I'm going to do that instead. Oh, does that look, look it, familiar? It does the little huh. down bubble thing. Imagine that. That's now, if weird. we had bigger glass, Dolan will have his maybe later. That would be uh, copyright infringement, I think. Well, maybe. Um, on this one, it's kind of cool. They give the history of the brewery, and then they show you how to pour it, and they show you the temperature that you should have it at, oh. all that sort of stuff. Guinness, uh, they didn't really tell me a temperature. They just said, chill for three hours. Oh, okay. And then pour, yeah, which yeah. is what I did. Yeah. Almost to the minute. Chill for three hours. You chilled it in your mystery machine lunchbox. Yeah, I did. I'm going to tell you what. Dolan's trying to chill for three hours, too. Mm-hmm. Most days here at work. Here you go. That's true. He was late today, by the way. Overslept. Car gets stolen? Oh, no. That was last uh, week. That was last week. Okay. He's got, God, you're right. He's got an excuse for everything. Oh, yeah. He paid somebody to do that, I'm sure. He got it back. No damage. Probably. That never happens in Omaha. And he got a bunch of free crap out of it, too. <laughs> and sympathy. And, yep. Oh, boy. Yep. All right. So Murphy's. Murphy's. Notice he didn't turn the mic on. No, he didn't. Didn't defend himself at all. Of course not. This is uh, was founded by James J. Murphy. Imagine that. He was one of 15 kids. Wow. Yeah. 1850s. Built on the um, 
foundation of an old hospital in Cork, Ireland. Right next to this famous, there was like a well that was in the town, and it allegedly had like holistic properties. Oh. So they built by this well, so their water source, and it was it was named the Ladies Well Brewery because of that. So it takes two years for them to to open, and uh, 1856 they start making beer. By 1861 they're making 43,000 barrels. Jeez, this beer is a four percenter. So That's it. Yeah, so it's a session beer if you want to consider it that way. Hmm. In our world of American craft beer. Mm, interesting. This guy uh, is kind of the hero of this town, and here's why. So he started a brewery. He employed a lot of folks. Um, in 18, let's see here, I wrote it down, 80, 1885, they had a big financial issue in Cork, and the like. town bank was going to go belly up. People were doing like a run on the bank. Okay. And a lot of poor people were going to lose all their money. Okay. And he stepped up and created a new bank basically oh. and and saved the town from financial ruin so he was like the hero and they wrote a song about him or like a story a poem i've heard that song i, I don't know if you have i can be your hero baby no that was enrique oh, okay. um little maybe it's a cover maybe that was his cover song could be could be um but he um they they made a poem, turned into a song, and they would sing it at the pubs oh. in Cork okay. as like a gesture to him. Right. So he's like the 1880s version of Bono. I, I like this guy. Um, he seemed to be out of all the the people that I researched, uh, like the one that is most uh, like our some of the current people that you look up to as far as a business owner, Jim Cook and guys like the, that. Yeah. yeah. So he yeah. he was doing a lot for the for the town. He basically just put Cork on his back and and carried him through. His his entire life. And I then, dig this guy. Um, I guess makes a good beer. I haven't. I don't know that I've ever had this before. I love this because this it's so timely for all the stupid commercials right now. Brewed using only natural ingredients. Mm-hmm. But then I don't necessarily see. Oh wait a minute, wait a minute. Nah, I don't really see the ingredients on here. Somebody's going to take their word for it. So this one to me is a little bit smokier than the Guinness. Smells the same. This one would be amazing with some Kansas City barbecue. Holy cow, would that be good? Okay. I like this one. I like this. This is the best beer for me today. I like... Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Even over the boulevard. That whoa, boulevard whoa, whoa. was good. Wait a minute. I like minute. this one. Well, you're a stout guy, so I get it. I don't even consider that a stout, but it just has good flavor. Look at the darkness, though. I mean, that's... I, I like that darkness. Okay, I do like this one better than the Guinness. No offense, Guinness guys. <sighs> Sorry, Guinness. But Rich has spoken, I, and I like what's his name, Jerry, Jerry Murphy, James, James J, James J. Oh, it was Jerry Guinness. That was yeah, the guy's. That's name. what we said his name was, James J. Murphy. I like this guy. So here's something that was I thought was kind of cool. In 1892, they won some of the first brewery competitions. So like we have them now. Mm-hmm. There's one in Atlanta, Georgia, going on right now. Oh, yeah, you know that. Uh, we cross train is there. Yeah, so they it's come like up in uh, every something podcast. about the juice. Uh, juice not, is loose. Or it's not wheeze the juice. Something like that. That's the name of the competition. I think it's the about juice is the IPAs. Oh no, it's like uh, the juice strikes back or the revenge like of the yeah. juice or something like that. So they're they're having those even now, mm-hmm. but back then they had them too, and they won the gold medal. I um, can see why in Dublin and in Manchester, England. Mm. In Guinness's backyard, they won the in gold medal in their hometown. They Hell took the gold yes. medal, right? So that's cool. Even better. This I thought was fun, and I I didn't know this, and I wanted to maybe look up some more. I didn't have a lot of time, but um, in 1893, there was this dude named Eugene Sando, 
and he was a world-famous strongman, which is not a job that's around anymore that I'm aware of. should be. Yeah, it should be, uh, but it's not. Anyway, he was in an advertisement for this um, fine drink. Okay. And there was a picture of him, a drawing, of him lifting a horse with his hand, with one hand. <laughs> and he's like, I endorse this. It makes me strong. Basically saying, look at what I can do because I drink, uh, you know, X amount of these a day. I'm going to tell you what. After and, about four cores lights at Applebee's, <laughs> I could do that. You I'm strong, too. Oh, man. Go ahead. Go ahead. So apparently that's a famous image in their marketing now. <laughs> like ever since the 1890s, it's like the, a dude with a horse in his hand. No. So I want to like look that up because I couldn't believe that. It did, it's not on the can. Right. Uh, it's just like a lot. It's their family crest, but um, I wanted to see that. Uh, in 1913, their number five brewing vat exploded. Okay. And it had porter in it, 23,000 gallons. Mm. And it basically flooded out the town. <laughs> like some of the, that's some a, people died and some people got washed down, but it was beer by a lot of beer. Porter, yeah, that's not funny, but it is. Funny. It kind of is. So if this is a four percent, I don't know what the porter would have been. It would have been like maybe even stronger than this. Maybe. I don't know. It's weird. That's weird. Uh, nineteen fourteen rolls around. You know what? Nineteen fourteen starts. World's Fair. World War One. Oh, okay. Yeah. And guess what? They needed people over there in Europe mm-hmm. to fight, and. Mr. James J. Murphy, or his family at least, said, hey, you know what? If you go fight and you come back, we'll have your job for you. Waiting. We will save it for you. I love this guy. 18 people went. 10 came back. Hey, whatever. That's, that's Pretty a good, good ratio. That's a that's, good ratio. That's better than a Friday here at lunch. Mm, truth. You know what I'm saying? 100% true. So that was. I thought that was interesting. Mm. And, uh, oh, in 1915, so a year later, they bought the first gas-powered delivery vehicle in the whole country of Ireland. Wow. A truck to take their kegs. They are kicking Guinness's ass. Right? But nobody knows about them. I never knew any of this stuff. Wow. 1921, they were in a bottle. This is maybe sketchy, but it's Hmm? a a thing of the times. Uh, Four boys, young boys, ran the bottling line. (laughs) (laughs) But that's what you could do in 1921. Hey, whatever. You got to be quick and nimble in there. I've seen the bottling line. I've seen Laverne and Shirley. They got little fingers. It it helps. Yeah, for sure. Right. You just got to make sure they get in there and the Mm -hmm. thing. Yep. So that's who ran the bottling line. Uh, uh, 1961, they they switched over to metal barrels as opposed to wood barrels for their beer. So they started metal kegs, basically. Mm-hmm. And then in 1979, it finally gets to America. So that's 70, one year after I was born, and that's 79? probably... Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Okay. So they were kicking it for 120 years in Ireland and Europe, and then they finally came over here. All right. I, I wouldn't think that the uh, the beer palette in 1979 would be very welcoming to a style like this, necessarily. I don't know. I mean, I think in 1979, there's no craft beer, no. so it's all... Domestic, lagers. Mm-hmm. This is probably something different enough that maybe people would want to try it. That's, well, that's not one hundred percent true. Like we have, we had the original craft beer, the Billy Beer. Well, that's not. Yeah, you can still get Billy Beer to drink if you want. Like most antique stores have a Billy Beer sitting around. Could you still drink it? I wouldn't, but you could. Mm, okay. I don't know. It was probably filtered and pasteurized, maybe back then. Mm, okay, you're probably right. Yeah, I mean, you could. I, I don't know that I would. For those of you youngins, Dolan, do you know what Billy Beer is? Have you know? Have you? Do you know what that is at all? Absolutely not. No, <laughs> Jamie. Any idea? Billy Beer? No, no. Sammy? Sammy. No. Okay, uh, so Billy Carter was the alcoholic brother of Sammy Car- of, of uh, Jimmy Carter. Jimmy, our president of Sammy Carter, our president. Oh. No, of Billy Carter uh, of of 
Let's try that again. Jimmy. One more time. Jimmy Carter. Holy smokes. 4%. These are only 4%. I know. What is wrong with me today? Wait, So, uh, Jimmy Carter, our uh, our president. I would. I, I don't remember the number. What number was he? So, I don't know. Okay, he was so in the late 70s. That's all I know. Trump was 45. Obama was 44. Don't look it up, Sammy. Don't look at Google. So, uh, uh, Clinton. Um, who was before? We had George Bush. Bush. There we go. 43, 42, Bush, 41, Reagan. Don't forget about Clinton now. I know I got Clinton in there. Okay, yeah. all right. Reagan, 40. Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter, 39. 39. So our 39th president. Peanut farmer. Yes, he was. You know what he did when he became president? Huh. He sold the peanut farm. He probably should. He did. He Conflict said, of interest. That's what he said. He said, done with this, and he yeah. got rid of it. Yeah. Not a great president, but, you know, great president now. How's that? He has done a lot of good for... He's a humanitarian, uh, man. That's absolutely. for sure. Absolutely. For sure. Yes. So there you go. So 39th 39. Uh, was, uh, his brother was questionably an alcoholic. He's a partier, man. He liked to get down. He had a Trans Am, probably. He, I bet he... Jamming with, Skinnered on the back roads. Oh, with T-tops? Heck yeah. Yes. He's basically smoking the bandit. I would have probably drank his beer back then. I would have hung out with that dude. Yeah. you kidding me? Yep. Went to a party with... Him, Billy Beer, with, with his Billy own Carter, beer? With Billy Carter and his own beer. So he made this beer, right? And it was everywhere. It was like dirt cheap, like $1.99 a six-pack. Everywhere. And people started keeping it because they thought, oh, maybe this will be worth something someday because yes. he's the president's brother. But everybody kept it. Everybody. And it's everywhere. You can find it any antique place or mm-hmm. anything like that. And uh, it's worth nothing. No. Like maybe three bucks or something. I'm surprised it hasn't like eaten through the cans. I yet. think some of them ha- it probably has. Probably. So this is four. This would be forty year old beer at this point. Yes. It would definitely be the pull top tab. Oh, it definitely the old is. school style steel can. Yeah. Yeah. So it's. I mean, it's out there. You know what? No, we're not going to drink yes, it. Yes, we're going to. Oh no. Let's find a can and drink it. God, I bet this, we're gonna I'm get... on a. You you've been doing these throwouts lately. Yep. I want to do one. Let's find a Billy beer and drink it. Gosh, we're gonna get sick. Probably. Okay. Well, we'll just try to throw some sauerkraut in that day, and we'll just call it a wash. Fantastic. I'll get a hotel room. <laughs> Yikes. Billy beer. All right. So if I had to rank these, I yeah, would. Yeah, you I have would, to. I would definitely say Boulevard Irish Red first. Right. Murphy's Stout second. Uh huh. Then George Killian's. No offense, George Killian. Like I, yeah. I still appreciate your beer. I would order you in a restaurant if, if there was not, you know. Yeah, if you had to. Bud Light, Coors Light, Miller Light, George Killian's. Yeah. Clearly, that's my choice. Okay. Finally, last Guinness. Last place. Guinness on St. Patty's Day. Uh, I'm so sorry. That's okay. Give me yours. Um, I'm. Go- it's very similar. I would, but I'm going to go Murphy's Stout first. Okay. And then I'd go the Boulevard. Then I'd go this one, Killian's, and then I'd go. Guinness as well. I'm just like, it's just not my style, man. You know, you know, going into it, Mm -hmm. the first two drinks, like, okay, I know. Just and this is for me, this Murphy's one is better than that one. A hundred percent. I I think it's better. A hundred percent. So that's what we got. That's what I know. Yep. I think I came out of this learning. I like Mr. Murphy. He's a pretty cool, dude. I do like him a lot. I'm going to read more on him. I want to read more about that strong man lifting the horse. Mm-hmm. And then I want to go to Applebee's and watch you do it after some Coors Lights or we'll whatever. Go, we'll said. go. Uh, yeah, that was just a meme on Facebook I read today, and I'm oh, like, yeah, that's definitely me. It was like a, it was like a dude with his shirt off holding like a stick, like in like out in the desert, and it said me after four Coors Lights at Applebee's. <laughs> and so I sent that to a couple guys here, and I said, hey, let's go to Applebee's tonight. 
Mm. Oh, they go. have an Applebee's. They have yeah. reverse happy hour there. At they, least they used they to. They do have reverse happy hour. Still probably won't go to Applebee's. That's too late for me to stay up. Yeah, yeah. that's true. So, not happening. All right. Well, happy St. Patrick's Day. If it is just a little bit late, happy St. Patrick's Day. Please drink responsibly. Um, Easy to do with these 4% beers. Yeah, exactly. You, right? could, you could hammer a lot of these. You can have St. Patrick's Day every day if you get some of these beers, for Absolutely. sure. And most of them are year-round beers, mm-hmm. except for the old Boulevard. The old Boulevard. If you are anywhere close to the Midwest and you can get Boulevard, try that. Get that one. That one, for sure. You won't be, you won't be yeah. sad. The Murphy Stout, too. Like, if you're not a Stout fan, like, this this could be... It's kind of an entry way, I would say, because mm-hmm. it's not overpowering. It has the, has the flavor of a Stout, what you're going to get. The alcohol level is low. Mm-hmm. It's I think it's pretty drinkable. Nice and mild, pretty drinkable. It's it's yeah, definitely. I'm, I was surprised. I was too. I was scared of the can when you pulled that thing out. I was. I did not. You, you were worried about another Guinness 2.0. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, Brian. Happy St. Patrick's Day. You too. And we'll see you next week.